welcome in, have a seat, turn off your phone, unless you're on your phone. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, there's going to be spoilers ahead. If you have seen it, <laughs> I like ya. And with that said, let's review Mission Impossible 3. Your spoilers, should you choose to accept them. This is my personal favorite of all of the Mission Impossibles in the franchise. It still has a large scale to it, but this one and the first one are the smallest of these movies in terms of how big they go. Number four and number five, I've already forgotten. I totally forgot when I left the movie theater. Because it was all about nuclear codes and the end of the world. And it's just too big, too grandiose, there's no takeaway from it. For me, I, you know, this one, this one, I definitely remember. Also, because of the experience that I had watching it, I was 11 in the movie theater, and the specific theater room that we were in was so loud. It, they had their volume cranked up, but it also made it so that you couldn't escape it. Like, it was so immersive because of the sound. <laughs> Gunshots, explosions, screaming, the musical score, all of it. Plus, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I miss that man so much. He gives one of the most memorable antagonist villain performances that I have ever seen. He's contained. He just stares at you. He calculates his words. And he's ruthless. Directed by J.J. Abrams, I always forget that. This was even at the start of Lost, which J.J. Abrams started, and then moved on to Star Trek soon after this, and Star Wars, and I feel like his projects just got bigger and bigger. I miss his smaller scale stuff. Or his small screen TV projects. Alias. Alias, too. He was working on that, I think, right? This movie gave him a chance to focus on the drama and the heart of some of the characters. You can actually develop Ethan as a character instead of leaving him stagnant for, for an entire movie. Now it all seems about how bigger and badder you can go. And they've forgotten about the small details in the character. Fast and Furious is guilty of that right now. They see what Marvel is doing and they want to emulate it. So, in the cast, we have Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt, Michelle Monaghan as Julia, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Owen Davian, Ving Rhames as Luther, Billy Crudup as Musgrave. I, I always disliked Billy Crudup, and recently I figured out that it's because of this movie and his betrayal to Ethan Hunt. Jonathan Rhys Myers as Declan, Carrie Russell as Lindsay Ferris, Maggie Q, which literally stands for Queen as Zen. Maggie Q in this movie was an awakening for my 11-year-old self. Simon Pegg as Benji, his first entry into the franchise, and Lawrence Fishburne as Theodore Russell. We open on a scene that narrative... Narrative... Oh... Narratively plays out at the end of the movie, end of the story. Ethan is handcuffed to a chair. And Owen Davian just stands 10 feet in front of him with a gun to his wife's head. Immediately, it's tense. We don't have to get to know anybody. The first couple shots tell us that this is a lose-lose situation for Ethan because Owen is holding all the cards and he wants something. It's called the rabbit's foot. Ethan's confused. He doesn't remember what happened. Owen starts a countdown. Actually, it's a count up. Count up to 10. It's one of the coldest countdowns, quote-unquote countdowns, that I've ever seen in a movie. And once he reaches 10, he pulls the trigger and that shoots us uh, into the intro, into the intro of the movie. What a way to open. Then we rewind. Ethan and Julie are throwing a party with a bunch of guests. I love how Ethan is so skilled that he can read lips across the room. I wonder how many times they use that in Mission in Impossible movies. It always seems to be purposed and not just like some throwaway thing. Ethan gets an urgent call, so he follow, follows protocol, and he meets Musgrave about an agent that's gone MIA in their field. He needs Ethan to lead a rescue mission. 
had we not seen the ending as the opening, then we would think all well, this is fine and dandy, but we know where it's headed. He meets up with his team and bam, they're on a mission already. The scenes of this movie get right to the point. And it just keeps the pacing moving along quickly without lollygagging on any empty, empty dialogue scenes and whatnot. They locate Lindsay and she's in rough shape. By the time they get her back to the helicopter, Ethan realizes that they, that they put an explosive charge in her head through her nostrils. It's set to a timer and it explodes, killing Lindsay immediately, but mission accomplished because they found her, but also mission failed. There's this really cool helicopter chase scene that I totally forgot about, where one is shooting missiles at the other and they're flying through like a field of spinning windmills. Mills? But yeah, I always forget about the bigger scale stuff because I think I just tuned it out. Then when he gets home, Julia meets him at the entrance and she knows that he has just experienced something big. Ethan tries to play it off like, oh, I'm just tired or whatever. We see through it too and we recognize that this dude is human, he's not just a machine. That's very important for action movies to acknowledge, like Bruce Willis being barefoot in Die Hard, or Liam Neeson's helicopter parent to his daughter in Taken. Ethan even has flashbacks of training Lindsay to become an operative. Maybe he feels like ultimately he got her killed. Then we're introduced to Benji, and he tells us what the rabbit's foot is, or at least what he thinks it is, and he describes it as being this unstoppable force that could cause immense destruction to just about everything. So I forgot that even in Mission Impossible 3, they were already doing that grandiose world domination type of thing to an astronomical degree. In this movie, this is not the biggest that they go, and it's almost like comedy. Once you start, there's a rule in comedy. Once you start shouting, that's your ceiling. I think the Mission Impossible franchise keeps hitting that ceiling and they can't go any higher than that with their opposing threats in the, in the movies. But anyways, um, Ethan and Julia officially get married. He knew that he had to get, he had to marry her before he went on his next mission, which is to chase down Owen Davian. Now they're in Italy doing just that. These movies are always super creative with how they infiltrate some of these places and remain under the radar from the bad guys all around. I love creative heists that are pulled off in movies. Even with how they capture pictures of Owen and then recreate his face on a mask and then we get double C Philip Seymour Hoffman for a scene. It's so funny to watch him playing Ethan Hunt playing Owen, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Even though Hoffman is like 50 pounds heavier than Tom Cruise in this scene, in this movie. They blend the practical effects with the mask and the special effects really well. I kept rewinding it just to see any seams and it still holds up. The special effects in this movie stayed subtle as they should. The big, huge bodyguard that's with Owen, they know, they don't use him like they should. He's just there and he doesn't ever fight anybody, which I think is such a missed opportunity. It would have been like Henry Cavill's fight in MI6, but three movies earlier. For the era that it came out in, this movie has such little hand-to-hand -hand combat. In the middle of like Jason Bourne, Casino Royale, Taken movies coming out, but if you'll notice, MI4 has way more hand-to-hand -hand combat because Tom Cruise sees what other action movies are doing that he hasn't done yet, and so that's what he does next. MI7 has a club fight scene, which John Wick and Batman have already done, so of course Tom Cruise needs his own fight club sequence because he's got to have it all. I bet you anything that Tom Cruise secretly hates Keanu Reeves. <laughs> they are now in an airplane with Owen Davian in their custody and he begins to make non-stop threats towards Ethan's new wife. Ethan's trying to keep his composure, but he loses it on Owen and gives him exactly what he wanted until he got an extreme reaction, so he kind of wins at that point. And the camera positioning in this scene is up. 
here. I mean, they're cutting off chins and foreheads, which you're not really supposed to do, but it's an extreme close-up, and it makes it so personal. They even have those shots when Ethan is threatening to throw Owen out the plane. He has to be talked off that ledge by his teammate Luther. Ethan doesn't follow through with it, and now Owen knows his name. He has information on, on Ethan Hunt. When they're back on the ground, Owen's team is already waiting for him. It's this massive scene on a bridge, and Owen is rescued by a team in a way that shows Ethan that they have drastically underestimated Owen and his team. They're severely outnumbered by commandos. It's another mission failed, or at least delayed for the time being. Only now the stakes are raised, because Owen is going to follow through with his threats. In fact, he does right away. He calls Ethan and says, you have 48 hours to get me my rabbit's foot. Conveniently, though, Ethan's organization considers him to have broken their rules, so they send men out to bring him in. Even though right now, immediately, he's just been given 48 hours to complete this personal mission. Musgrave gives him a small tool to help him escape the, uh, the custody of the IMF that he's in. But he's also backstabbing him at the same time, we come to find out later. Ethan escapes, he's on the run, he always runs. He runs to Shanghai. No, he makes it to Shanghai, and three, his three teammates meet him there, too, unexpectedly. They devise an elaborate plan to steal the rabbit's foot so they can deliver it to Owen and save Julia. Ethan makes it to the spot that Owen told him to go, and he drinks a tranquilizer, which is how they insert one of those explosives up through his nostrils into his brain, Ethan's brain. This is now where we find ourselves back in the first opening scene. They don't make us sit through the whole thing, but they do show Owen shoot Julia, or at least who we think is Julia. Because Owen got Ethan back with the mask trick, and he uses a mask on this decoy woman, this decoy Julia, shoots her. Musgrave is the one to show us that, because he reveals himself to be working with Owen. Ethan still manages to escape. He sprints a whole mile in just a few minutes to save the actual Julia and have one last battle with Owen Davian. It's brutal. This last battle that they have is such a personal battle, and Owen has the upper hand for most of the fight because he... He activates the explosive in his head, in Ethan's head. And how Owen dies in this movie by getting just, like, face-smacked by, by the delivery truck? It's one of the most satisfying villain deaths ever. Because Philip Seymour Hoffman makes you hate him in this movie. And to see him get bested by a truck after spending five minutes besting Tom Cruise, yeah, it's really nice to see. Ethan has to electrocute himself with the help of his wife. Julie even shoots Musgrave in the process while Ethan is passed out for just a little bit. And the two make it out of there safe, alive, and well. And Ethan is able to come fully clean and tell his wife everything that he does for a career. And it was a beautiful time in Shanghai. And they lived happily ever, got divorced in the next movie. I, I think that this movie could have actually benefited by slowing down in some sequences and making it even more personal, but still, I, I, I think it works. It's just like one scene to the next to the next to the next. I mean, they get right to the point. And I guess that's what you want from an action movie. But I don't care how many Mission Impossible movies come out after this, after number seven, this one will always be my favorite because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. And if I ever play a bad guy in a movie, I will be taking directly from Owen Davian in how he plays this role. But yeah, that is my review of Mission Impossible 3. Let me know what you think about this in the comments. Like, share, subscribe, whatever. And I will catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Peace.